Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like build and bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show. What up? Today is August 8th. Yes, it is. Last time I looked at my phone. Along with my co-host, Mr. Ryan Breedwell. Good morning. Good evening. Welcome Good into today's show where we talk all things money. Money. We're about to switch up the title of the show, actually. Surprise, we got some exciting surprise. stuff going on with the Millionaire Mindcast team and just came in and just gut punched them. We're, we're about to change the name of the show, by the way. We're we're growing our team. We are looking to take the show. Uh, and the value that we bring you guys to that next level. Yeah, because we've got shows in different area codes. So we got to... This is true, my brother. Yeah. And so one of the... We're kind of boiling it down to a couple names, but we would love your guys' thoughts, any feedback that you might have for us. You can text us at 844-447-1555. Right now, we got two shows that we like. Money Moves is one of them. Uh, being that, you know, we're always following where the money is moving. We're working on you moving your money in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So we like that one. Money on My Mind is also uh, another show title that we like because money is always on the mind when we're talking millionaire mind cast and ultimately your wealth building journey. We want to know how do we continue to get the money moving in the right direction, having your mindset focused in the right areas, building the right skills, right relationships, and taking the right action steps. So those are the two that we're looking at right now. We'd love any cool, creative thoughts that you guys have. You can text those in or text which one you like. Uh, Money on my mind, money moves, or some thought that you might have for us to 844-447-1555. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And if you enjoy the content that we share 
All we ask is that you leave a five-star review. With that being said, we've had a busy week in the markets. Man, you know, you never want to celebrate your short-term successes. But darn, I might have just said I told you also. Um, <laughs> you love when you get to say that, don't you? Uh, oil, oil trending down. We had some pops up. But what ha- what's uh, we're in a descending wedge pattern, at least for oil pricing right now. And what a descending wedge pattern is, y'all, is when oil spikes back up but does not reach a new high. So we'll give you an example. Oil spikes to $95, falls down to 80 Spikes to $93, falls down to 76 Spikes to 91 It goes up, but it doesn't reach a new high. It cannot break through the resistance, so it's a trend down. I think that oil is going to continue to do so and kind of needs to do so. That's one of the indicators that I'm watching uh, as a kind of warning sign that uh, in employment, if we see a spike in oil prices and then we see a rise in unemployment, that's going to be an issue. I do think we have some skin on the bone, though, for unemployment um, to add to it. I think we get up as high back to about 4.1% and still be fine. That we normally run at about a 4% unemployment rate. So that's not a huge deal. But yeah, that's what I'm seeing with oil right now. I will say this. It was nice taking my SUV and I'm usually dropping a buck, 50 bucks, 60 yep. to get that beast filled up. And it was like, it was like 115, one, almost 120, which yeah, I mean, that's 30, 40 bucks Sam, cheaper. i a dollar off a gallon because I'm premium. You put premium in your? No. I did premium. So I might like, instead of, Six, six seventy at some places where it got up to like six eighty at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm paying about five seventy nine, five ninety nine, which is still ridiculous. It's, Welcome to California. I mean, it's still ridiculous for yeah, sure. Yeah, but it is. It is what it is. I mean, it's you know, thank you, uh, tax code. So and owning your car through your corporation. This is true. Um, anywho, the uh, other thing I'm looking at on the market is. I'm really looking and starting to track that uh, 200-day moving average on the S&P 500. It's broadly considered uh, one of the best indicators for a flip from a bear, bearish sentiment into at least a bullish sentiment. And what the 200-day moving average is sitting at about right now is around 43.40 on the S&P. I think when I checked at market opening this morning, it was at 43.37. So if we can get a break through that level, I think that's going to be very important for the economy as a whole. Now, we need to break through that and hold, but I think that level is an extremely important um, for the rally to be sustainable. We're definitely rallying right now. We're definitely making money right now. Um, as everybody knows that follows this show or has been investing for any amount of time, stock market can change on a dime. Good news sometimes right now is bad news. Bad news is sometimes good news. It's an odd time to be investing. I think, um, is it an odd time or is it an unfamiliar time to too many people that have been spoiled over the course of the last couple of years? I think that that's a good way to put it. I think it's just not what people have been expecting. There's a lot of new investors in the stock market, people that have been investing and have never been through a market cycle. So for them to be putting money into things and seeing volatility for the first time and not understanding how to navigate through that, that could be really odd, like I said, for them. That's why a lot of people, um, I I think I was joking a while back when I said a lot of people set their risk tolerances in a bull market, meaning, oh, of course I'm aggressive. 
because I want to make a lot of money, mm-hmm. not understanding the flip side of the coin. Um, it's, it cracks me up to like hear people, like I've had some people that were like told, you know, I've talked to that. I came through the show, smaller accounts. Hey, I want to start investing. They're like, holy crap. We're down 44%. I was like, yeah, you said you wanted aggressive growth, right? Remember when we talked about 50, 60, like that's the reality to get the 100? Yeah, I just didn't think it could happen. I didn't say it could happen for no reason. <laughs> it happened. Hey, it will. It can happen and it happened and it is happening. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people think that that's a reality. I li- because they've been so lulled into the past few years of how easy it has been to be an investor. And what I think is there's going to be growth and there's going to be areas to grow your money. I have had people that have opened up counts in the past few days and we're at multiple percents. I've had me and you make money the past few days on some moves. Mm-hmm. There's areas to make money. It's just not going to be this close your eyes, buy anything you want. As long as it's an equity, yeah, right. you're going to make a, a return. It's just not going to be that anymore. And that's, that is shocking to people. And I've been saying this, it's, you know, finally people get to come and sit at the table. That's why I have a job. You think, if you think it's, if you think you have to get credentialed like I do, do as much studying as you have to do to get licensed like we do, uh, getting the professional designations, it's hard. And the reason it's hard is because you're going to be guiding people on their life savings. And the reason that they're so heavily regulated on what we do is because you're going to be guiding people on their life savings. And people think it's so easy because when it is, it is. You've heard it here but first and before, and I'll say it again. It ain't hard to make money in a bull market. Everybody can make money in a bull market. Ask anybody up, to the, up through the run of 2008 how great it was to make money in real estate and the stock market. And then ask them what it was like to write it down. Nobody knew what to do. Mm-hmm. That's why it was such a crisis. You need to tap into your professionals, folks, because it's, it's really we have a job. Matt has a job. Matt, pe- very wealthy people that are already very wealthy give Matt their money because guess what? They don't know what to do with it. They know what they want to do with it. They just don't know how to do it. That's the same thing with me. Pride can sometimes get in your way. Ego can sometimes get in your way. I would want to make money if I invested my own money too. But that's the same reason I take my car down to the dealership and get it worked on. And I have somebody else, a professional, come and work on my house. I could probably try to do it. But it would be like when I tried to mount the... I can't even mount the damn vacuum in my fucking laundry room. It already ripped out of the wall. <laughs> so, it's just you got to rely on the professionals in your role, in your life to help you navigate when it well, gets and that's hard. the importance of having a great team around you, right? Like I, I am not an expert at all things making money. I'm expert in a vertical of how you can make money, which is the vehicle of, of real estate investment as you are in the financial markets, mm-hmm. as other people are in their core business. You have to master some area of money when it comes to being able to generate it. And if you can figure out the next layer of that, which is once you generate it, how do you go and make more of it without you having to go and trade the time for that money? That can either come in an additional skill set of like, hey, I'm going to, you know, I make this amount of money in my job 
and I'm really good at my job and I can find ways to, you know, generate that exchange of time into a return on some cash for that time. But then it becomes, well, what do you do with it after that, right? Do you give it to a wealth or a financial advisor? Do you give it to, you know, a partner in real estate who can go and steward it for you in a syndication or in a partnership in a joint venture? Do you go and invest it into an e-commerce store that's going to be your side hustle and you're building up your own business on the side and that's your additional area of expertise that you want to build up that experience, that wisdom, that knowledge, that track record? You have to find ways to own a level of expertise around a skill and a knowledge when it comes to your money in terms of wealth building. How many times have you heard somebody say that uh, they don't want to pay? I mean, probably the most... Too many. Yeah, probably the most common pushback that I get from people is the fee that we charge for asset management. And the people that undervalue expertise or, or, I mean, when they say, right, you get what you pay for. I was just thinking that. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I've dealt with that. I can think of that in so many different areas. Like, I charge, you know know what I charge too. I charge pennies for what normal advisors charge. Absolutely. People will still push back on that. Like, oh my gosh, bro. For about, on average, for about every $100,000 I manage, I make $550 a year, guys. It isn't like I'm dragging people over the coals. It's I have a lot of clients that are very happy. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's the goal. Well, and you're playing the long-term game as well, 100%. where that compound effect makes a big difference 100%. year after year after year when you're doing this for 30 or 40 years. Yep. And, you know, when they say you get what you pay for, it's so true. I mean, whether that's a nice pair of shoes that you try and buy at Nordstrom Rack on the discount rack versus the one that costs four times as much, you know, at the nice leather shoe store. But when you buy quality leather, those shoes last you five, 10, sometimes 20 years versus the eight pairs that you bought in the meantime, because the cheap leather kept, you know, wearing out on you. Same thing goes with, oh, I think I'm making, you know, a little bit more money and putting it and saving it in my pocket by going with this cheap contractor who gave me the best price, but then, you know, the guy who baked you in all of the stuff that ultimately he knew was going to come up over that project and it costs a little bit more, that other contractor you went with that was cheaper took way longer and, you know, had five change orders along the way that ended up being more expensive than the guy who was an expert. So I think it is really important to understand too, what areas do you want to own your expertise in? And who do you need to align with that has areas of expertise that can be on your financial team, that can be on your wealth building team? Yep. Because ultimately, you need a tax strategist, you need a great CPA, you need a great financial advisor, you need a great real estate person, and you ultimately need somebody that is kind of in a lot of what I would call the different alternative investments and asset classes that can touch on a lot of those different spaces and sectors and connect the dots with you. Literally. That and you need... It's, that, it's like it's, it's, people think it's more complicated. It's... Well, I, I or, they, or, or here's a better way to say it. They know it's not that complicated, but they A, don't want to pick up the 2,000 pound weight to start it. Yeah, there you go. And then that's, B, that's it's it right easier there. to try to do it themselves. And, the, and you just can't. I am... I, Matt will tell you that I am an expert financial advisor. Yes. But Matt will not tell you I'm an expert real estate. 
Dexter because I'm not. But then I know that. And then Matt will tell you he's an ex- and I would tell you Matt's an expert real estate investor. And Matt Matt would tell you yep. he's not a professional financial advisor. But we both know enough to like have a conversation and we know when the conversation needs to lead to something else. And that's what you need. You need your group of people with a holistic approach to make sure that you're doing the the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like having somebody like a Matt, where when clients have excess of money, I'm not the only person they can give money to. There is other ways to make money. There are some things that can be done that are good that I can't do. Yeah. If you don't have people in your corner that are willing to to bend the knee and be your professional, but know that they're not, they're a puzzle piece to the puzzle. They do fill a space, but they're not the whole picture. Yeah, they're they're not the the, you know the center of the universe that the axis spins around. They all know that there's an ecosystem that all collectively works together. Those are the people that you want to get on your financial team. I mean, when you were like, hey, if you've got some excess cash, like we should, you know, we should blend this into the market over the next six months. Yep, cool. Okay, tell me more, right? We have a financial conversation around it. This aligns with my goals. Okay, I've got some excess cash. Let's talk about how that ties into my strategy and my plan. Okay, cool. Let's open this account up and let's start doing it. Yep. Right. And without making it emotional, it's trusting in the advisors that you've got around you to identify blind spots of opportunity or risks that ultimately you can then discern, take in the information and identify how does this make sense for me going forward or how does this not make sense for me going forward? But Without you even having that conversation with me, I would have lost out on some nice trades last week that you made that hooked yeah. in some great upside for us. Yeah, a couple grand. And, and, and a couple grand Why over 20 years is a big deal yep. when it's moving in the right direction. And I know I have a bunch of, we have a bunch of listeners that have followed up that are current, you know, working with me and us. And some of them have said, hey, you know, the market's a little volatile. I remember you talking about this might be happening. I'm putting the money in. I know it's a, it's a long run, not a sprint. How are you feeling now? I'm oh, guessing man. very happy. Yeah, I mean, I know. I know. Which it's hard making those decisions. It I mean, is. me parting with, you know. With that, 2020 that, hindsight, you look back and you're like, whoa, I did that. You feel so proud. Yeah. But like while you're doing it, it is so hard. It is. And I know that it is. And I tell people that this is when it's not hard. I know it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But this is how you become wealthy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be telling you that if it wasn't the truth. Well, in all the times that I've parted with 30 and 50 and 80 and 100K, and I'm like, oh, you can feel it. Like, I call it's the pucker effect. Like, yeah. your butt puckers. It's like, oh, but what if? And it's, it's trusting in your fundamentals and your principles and your team, most importantly. It's trusting in the people you are giving that money to steward for you. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't have all the answers when I'm giving you that money. I'm, I'm putting a significant amount of trust in you as you vice versa put in me when we're doing real estate deals. And that's where when you've got the right team and the right team has the right team around them as well, and they've got a great track record of success and they're consistently taking... They're not out there to bat a thousand. They're just out there to bat way above average and by being in the game and getting in the batter's box and looking at so many different pitches and figuring out how to get their team on base and to put scoreboard, you know, runs up on the scoreboard and ultimately win more games than lose, that's the type of professional you want to be in business with. And that's why we love to have these kind of conversations every week is to identify 
It's not always having the, the silver bullet or the, you know, the magic answer. It's about being in the right conversations to still give you enough purpose and enough confidence to take the next what you believe to be right decision towards your investing goals and know that by getting in the batter's box and looking at more pitches, you're going to get on base more. You're going to put up more runs on the scoreboard. Bless you. Let it out. There we go. That felt good, didn't it? Oh, man, I had to get it. So one of the new segments that we've got coming up this week is peak performance of the week. Ultimately, what are the best and worst sectors in the market and how they performed? Our best sectors this week. Top three, communication services, technology, and consumer cyclical. Tell us more. Yeah, so we had a lot of, um, and one of the reasons that is is because last week a lot of the earnings were from big tech names and a lot of communication services recorded. You had booking, holdings, you had Google, Amazon, um, all sorts of these huge tech names. And a lot of them reported earnings that were beats or when they had misses, the misses were very low, meaning we didn't have, we had a few companies missed by a lot, but I think some of the misses were by mere percentages you could hold on one hand. So those are not, you know, end of the world. The um, Some of the companies did give weaker than expected forward guidance, which is where they tell uh, what their expectation is moving forward. But with all that being said, if you look at the uh, tech sector over the past even month, it's up over, I believe, 10.5% in the past months. We've seen a really strong and broad recovery in the tech sector. And I think, like I said, communication services has been leading in the past week as far as in the technology, under the technology umbrella. And I think that's going to continue doing that because, again, we've transitioned after the COVID-19 pandemic so much to this digital age where we are communicating so much more digitally because it's quicker, it's more efficient, it's, it's better for the environment as a whole. Um, that's why those communication services are going to be so broadly better right now. Um, Flipping that on its head, I still do see banks and financials, even though they have still, they've been lagging a ton and they, I don't know why they have, because I've been making the call on them for some months now, probably almost a year. Um, They will eventually catch up and start having major profits. So they're still trading, in my opinion, at a pretty deep discount, the financial sector. Okay. Um, Banks as a whole, when interest rates go up, guys, it's not even like, I wonder if it's a guarantee banks will make more money because they can legally charge you a high. Well, they can legally charge you a higher interest rate whenever they want. They can charge you a higher interest rate because everybody is doing it and they can still be competitive and be profitable. They're going to be running on way higher margins. It's just going to take time for that to catch up. So I still think financials is a wonderful play, um, but that's been a sector that's lagging. Energy, which has been the winner on the year, is currently kind of our laggard. For the, for the time being. And that is a good thing because if we see energy continue to run away with inflation still going up, that could push us into a area where recession becomes something to talk about more so than it is right now. Because again, I do not believe we're in a full-blown recession. I think we're coming out of a technical recession as long as the metrics keep going the way they are. We could still be due for another leg down. And if we are, it'll be a pretty steep one. Um, but if not, if we break through that 200-day moving average and keep continuing forward, I think we might start a new cyclical bull market, at least for the time being. And that's a good thing for investors as a whole. 
on both sides of the street, uh, the stock market and the real estate market. So based on Google search data, uh, we've got from the Bureau of Economic Research, National Bureau of Economic Research, they have not officially declared that we are in a recession. Um, So what I thought was interesting over the last hundred years, did you hear that? I did. Was that like, it might be, we got a squirrel up on top of the roof or something. (laughs) It is what it is. uh, Over the last hundred years, there have been 15 recessions. That's about one every seven years. The last one was in 2020. And the average annualized return during the following 10 years after the start of a recession was 12.1%. 10 months or 10 years? 10 years. 10 years, okay. This is even better than the 10% the market sees on average. And so ultimately, right, what I think a lot of people, at least smart money, is starting to kind of signal to us is that... Put your money. Put your money in. Cause you know what was the craziest thing? I, I read an article that literally said... I was crazy. I've never heard anybody say what I've been, what I've ever said before. You know, when you hit the sell button, somebody's there to buy. Mm-hmm. Somebody literally wrote an article and said, "Just remember, when you hit the sell button, an institutional investor is probably sitting on the other side waiting to buy it mm-hmm. because they know that eventually they they have the time horizon to make that money back. If yep. it's quality, they'll buy it." Yep. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, This is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. You know, we saw jobs report came in double at 528,000 blowing away expectations yep. of 250,000 is what they had projected it at so it doubled plus more yep. which is you know ultimately really good news Very unemployment roy uh roy <laughs> unemployment right might uh also dropped down to three and a half percent the lowest since february of 2020 mm-hmm. which essentially if we are looking at uh National Bureau of Economic Research data. We've got 
in the jobs report, what did it put in here? Celebrate the recovery of all the jobs lost in 2020 and the unemployment rate matching the lowest level since 1969. Are you giving Biden and the admin credit for all that? Um, to a degree, yeah, because they're obviously the administration in power, but they've been done a lot. At, at what cost? Um, I think that a fool, no matter if they're a Republican or a Democrat or a fucking unicorn, if you go into office and you take credit or jobs coming back when you literally shut down the economy, it's just not, the quantity of jobs coming back has nothing to do with the administration. Uh, the unemployment rate continuing to go down through higher unemployment, through, um, through high inflation is primarily due to inflation as a stoking factor to make people work and the fact that there is no more free money. So that's, you know, got to give some credit where credit's due. Um, but no, th this administration hasn't done very good as an overall uh, with the economy. And I think they're, they're doing a lot of the times what I see politicians do, which is taking something and, and putting statistics in order to make their side of the story make sense. Mm -hmm. And we saw a lot of that going on during COVID-19. Um, it's just not true. You can't, you, you can't take credit for jobs that didn't exist and then say, okay, I'm the president and the economy is shut down. It's closed. And then you start measuring from that time. It's not. Yeah, that time going forward, you're going to have some pretty skewed data. Yeah, that's exactly what we're dealing with with the real estate. A lot of real estate data right now, it's a little skewed because of what's happened the past couple of years. So it's, that's what I'll say to that. The real estate data is having the same data issues the White House is, just the White House doesn't, isn't honest because the administration that's in constantly has to tell half-truths in order to essentially stay above a 35% approval rate. Well, inflation data is still coming out too. So, you know... I know it feels like we might be coming out of this technical recession, but at the end of the day, it's still, the, the story is still yet to be written, I think, and, and finalized because... Well, that jobs report is going to indicate that there's definitely going to be, I, I would assume there's going to be a 75 basis point rate hike at the next meeting. Correct. And then I would assume there's going to be at least a half percent rate hike after that, and maybe one more half a percent rate hike after that. And that's going to put... I believe the rate range to two and a quarter and three and a quarter percent, um, which I think would put us at neutral through the end of the year. We should expect another rate hike early in 2023 and then potentially towards the end of 2023, maybe an easing off in the rates once the supply chain is caught up with itself. Anybody who thinks right now, based on the current data, that there's going to be a rate cut end of this year or early 2023. I would not put that on black or red. I put that back in your pocket. Um, that's not a safe bet, nor is it one that you can quantify with what's going on right now. The jobs number was good, but remember what I said earlier, some of the good news is bad news. That means that we're going to have to continue to raise rates so we can tighten demand or stifle demand off. Supply and demand, if you remember back in elementary, middle school, or whatever level of economics you paid attention in. When supply is way too high, demand normally is low. And when supply is way too low, demand is normally way too high. 
there is only a few levers that can be pushed and pulled to get those back in order or we trickle into a recession and the market does it for us aggressively and automatically. It's okay that we have consumption, but the consumption is going to have to pay a lot more or consumers are going to have to pay a lot more for that consumption and that's naturally going to slow it down. Mm-hmm. I.e., I have a dollar. It used to buy me a one cheeseburger. Now that one dollar doesn't get me one cheeseburger, it gets me half a cheeseburger. So I need to spend two dollars. I'm still going to buy the one cheeseburger, but now I'm going to spend two. So I'm going to buy less cheeseburgers because it costs me twice as much to buy the same one item. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, inflation, it's a silent taxer, right? I mean, it's it's ultimately... It's a pur- purchasing power is the inf- what, is invisible one, yeah. What is an ultimate killer for the poor, the, you know, savvier um, and more financially literate folks, you know, can better weather the inflation storm. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it's really, it's, it's the uneducated, it's, it's the poor, it's the financially illiterate that don't understand this game of money, which is why it's so important to stay in these conversations because there's always a new conversation to be had based on what the board game has given you. And when you think about the economic machine of the U.S. and all the different, as you said, levers and all the different scenarios and all the perfect storms, I mean, the smartest of the smart people of the world who study finance and economics and study data all day long, I mean, you can see from opposing sides, not that these people aren't well-read, have high acumen, high financial IQ very smart and they have completely different assessments and analysis of what is going on right now. Hence why you got to stay in the conversation to identify what do you think you need to do to protect your downside and capture the upside? You know, federal uh, chair Jerome Powell said last week, the central bank may consider another unusually large rate hike at next month's meeting with officials guided in their decision-making by more than a dozen critical data points covering inflation, employment, consumer spending, and economic growth between now and then. Right now, today, the 10-year Treasury sits at 2.77, 30-year fixed mortgage rate at 5.45%. This week on Wednesday and Thursday, we've got CPI and PPI reports coming out. What are you looking at? for those and what is the team I'm just looking at core so headline I'm essentially I tend to I mean I see headline because obviously that's what the news all and you'll hear oh inflation rises to XYZ we may get a drop in headline though because gas prices have gone down so much and food prices may have been stabilized Um, but core PPI core CPI what are producers paying and you know what's the cost for producers right now and what are consumers uh, paying as far as inflation goes? So the consumer price index and producer price index. Um, hopefully some moderation there. Um, I forgot to check what the street consensus is, but right now I'm almost like, do we really even care what street consensus is? Looks like on CPI, um, it's expected to, let's see, core is expected to uh, drop from 70 basis points to 50. And headlines expected to drop from 130 basis points, 1.3 down to 20 basis points. So like I said, headline has the biggest swing. Uh, Producer price index looks like they're expecting, um, like I said, because food prices have stayed the same, but but energy prices went down, a moderation or a leveling out in the producer price index core. And then headline, they're expecting to have a huge swing from 1.1 down to 30 basis points. 
Um, we also have initial claims and continuing claims. Looks like they're expecting a slight minor tick up in, in unemployment. And I would, I would agree with that, mainly because we've had some layoffs in companies that are overhiring. So if you see a lot of news talking about that there's layoffs coming, the layoffs have started, well, yeah, it's by tech companies that are way overhired and, and, and are not making money anymore. So that's not something that I'm concerned about. Earnings this week continue for Coinbase on Tuesday and Disney on Wednesday, which seem to be the two main companies on earnings to watch. Anything there? Um, I don't track Coinbase that much. We're not. We have it on our list, but we don't. We're not interested so much in that right now. I'm not saying it's a bad position, just we don't have that position in our any of our portfolios. Um, I did see a huge move in Coinbase. Um, I think they're up almost 85% in the past week, I want to say. So, I mean, they're up quite a bit. Um, some of that's due to a little bit of a short squeeze because there's a, there's a decent-sized float. A short float out right now, I think it's about 21 to 25% of the shares outstanding are shorted. So, that's a decent amount. Wow. And um, I also think that there's earnings coming up. So, it's going to be due to some options activities as well. There's going to be some puts and calls taken out, maybe some straddle positions as well. Um, just not tracking it that much. On Disney, I would expect Disney to report um, probably decent. I don't know if they're going to do a beat or a miss, but I would assume if they have a miss on their earnings per share or their revenue numbers, top line and bottom line, it would be minor due to the reopenings that are currently happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're probably going to give good guidance moving forward since again the parks are open california one of their main revenue centers besides florida is allowing them to stay open and there's no mask mandates so i'm expecting a good report from disney but i'm not i don't track that stock i own it personally um but i'm not in it um for short-term gains disney is just one of the largest entertainment companies in the world and so they're kind of here to stay Mickey Mouse ain't going nowhere. Um, so they're just an easy play. Even if they got him in like a dress or something? Even if they got him in I a think dress they, or they, I saw a while back Disney literally, like they changed the outfits of Mickey and Minnie to be more like neutral gender or hopefully one gender day, neutral. The fad that's kind of going on right now with that kind of stuff, I just think it's starting to fade. And uh, I don't know, dude. I still saw Biden's, I forget. But look at his, look at his approval rating, though. And I know. I'm just... I, I'm hoping midterms... When Democrats don't reflect Democrat, that's a big deal. Reflect and, they never and swing the wrong. pendulum back in the right direction. Because when you look at the presidential candidates that they've got, when you got the leadership that we they've might get, got... We might get a little California swing. I hear Mr. Gavin Newsom... Is throwing his, 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 his name in the hat. The ring. Man, yeah. that would be... Oh. I can't even imagine if Gavin Newsom got like. Well, look what his his track record of destruction in San Francisco, then of the state of California. Then you go and take him on the national level. I'm just I I, I don't understand. But with that being said, we've got some interesting reports to keep an eye on this next week. CPI, PPI, most importantly, correct Wednesday and Thursday. We're seeing inventory slow a little bit. It bottomed seasonally at beginning of March 2022, as you all know, and is now up 126% since then. Altos reports inventory is up 32.1% year over year and is now 
24.4% above the peak last year. Again, one of the things that we like to track is, you know, what you just talked about, you know, buying or looking at the data and statistics from 2020 going forward, it's a little bit skewed, right? So, you know, inventory is up compared to two years ago, but it's currently down 11.2% according to Altos and inventory up compared to 2019, currently down 43.7%. So we still have a ways to go. However, home builders are starting to show some concern based on the fact that their delivery schedule, a lot of inventory and product with the demand being curbed and slowing, now they're, what they have in their production line, they're starting to rethink a little bit because they don't want to be flooding the market with an oversupply of inventory with the demand not there because all that does is hurt their balance sheet. So there is this concern being that many of them have noted, we have a significant drop in demand and housing sales right now. The highest amount of cancellations happened in Q2. Again, this is just all part of a shift, guys. I mean, at the end of the day, the reality of the situation is it couldn't continue on that path with the levers that were pulled on the federal and national level when it came to policy and what they were doing. Cost of money is always going to slow down a leveraged product. Absolutely. I mean, just like common sense, guys. It's almost like if if tires doubled in price, you'd see a lot less people driving. It's just follow the yellow big road. I've been talking with a lot of some of my, you know, high net worth clients that are flipping and wholesaling and, you know, buying big product right now. And anybody in the single family space right now is hurting. They're retooling. They're concerned. They've got products sitting if they're flipping their contracts of, you know, the 10 contracts they were doing a month or a week that they were wholesaling to hedge funds or they were wholesaling to local big buyers literally is dropped to a month, baby. One or two. Yep. And that's what happens in a shift. People reevaluate what's going on. They get concerned until they feel like the market has resettled to finding some solid foundation and footing to move forward on. And then strategies and actions get retooled and taken. So we're in this weird little pause and shift that's going on right now. And there are still opportunities out there, but it's mainly going to be for the people that are doing more of the macro long-term buy and hold strategy, or I'm going to refi in three years when rates drop and this deal still makes sense for me. But the people that are trying to flip and clip you know, money off of people's optimism in terms of wholesaling or flipping, thinking that the market is trending in an upward direction, realize that's just not the case anymore. Yeah, And so you really have to retool your strategy buy at even deeper discounts, have even faster timelines. Because the challenge is if you're trying to flip right now, you know, supply chains and consumer price, uh, you know, the pricing on certain products is dropping, but it hasn't necessarily hit all the way down to the production levels. And so yes, at the raw level, it's dropping. But at the production levels, with the supply chain and demand and a lot of the stuff that's still there, hasn't caught up all the way yet. So we're seeing this on our construction projects. And I think ultimately, we're going to start seeing jobs get put on pause. We're going to start seeing contractors and subs 
start to get a little bit scared and start to drop their prices a little bit and start to look at things a little bit differently and sharpen their pencil. So this is, again, it takes time for all of these things to trickle out. It takes all of these time, you know, it takes time for all of these things to ultimately find where we've been talking about this for a while. The dust hasn't settled yet. It's starting to settle. We're starting to feel what those things look like as they settle. And then you're starting to see people re, you know, analyze their strategies, their business plans, their team, their actions. And I think we'll continue to see that in the real estate sector as a whole. So just be patient right now. Be leaning into your relationships and building out your network. Be leaning into your banking and your financing partnerships. Be leaning into your lead generation and opportunities because those are the things that you want to be building up a pipeline for right now. And once the masses are fully on board of what's going on, then it's a full-on sprint to finding and getting opportunities because they will be out there. But it's going to take some time for them to trickle out And this is really just the beginning, guys. So be patient, get excited, get your house in order, get your finances dialed in. If there's anything we can do to support you, shoot us a text for a financial x-ray from Ryan and his team. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to know more about syndication and passive income opportunities with me and my team, text the word DEALS, text the word X-RAY, 844-447-1555. We love you guys. Keep investing in yourself and your wealth and your march to a million and beyond. Hey, we didn't even give an update on Napa. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Let's do that really quick. We're fully sold out. <laughs> there you go. We, uh, we shot the email out. Uh, we sold out within the first day, uh, which tells us exciting. We're going to be doing many more of these events. There was a lot of demand. You guys want to be connecting with each other, getting out, touring, tasting, having great experiences, getting in the entrepreneurial hot seats, networking, masterminding, and going and experiencing Napa. And we're going to be doing a bunch of different events. So if you want more information on joining future events, just text the word Napa to 844-447-1555. I'm going to be putting out information on the Tour of Tahoe Mastermind. That's the three-night, four-day mastermind in Lake Tahoe that is going to be absolutely epic. We'll be at my hotels. We'll be hanging with the speakers. It's going to be very intimate. This is not, again, some massive event that we want 100 people at. We could, but we really want to keep it intimate for 15 people to get together, mastermind network, build relationships, transform your business, your wealth building going forward, and having a lot of fun while we do it. I got an insane agenda for this one. So I'm really excited. We got an insane agenda for the Napa one too, which is crazy. So uh, Napa, Tahoe, if you want more information on our events coming up, 844-447-1555. And uh, we're going to be re-updating and doing some cool stuff at the MillionaireMindcast.com website, all kinds of cool resources and information for you guys as well. So uh, don't forget to uh, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. Tune in with us every single week. We love and appreciate y'all. And we'll see you on next week's episode. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is You know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you 
sharpen your ax, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective, or really in most cases, overcharged, and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends. 